see trees of green Red roses too I see them blue For me and you And I think to myself Virgin Valley Artists Association welcomes you to the Art Box, recorded in our beautiful Mesquite, Nevada, and sponsored by the Virgin Valley Artists Association. Our association has something for everyone of all ages. Come and get creative with us at 15 West Mesquite Boulevard, or find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, or on Facebook as Mesquite Fine Art Center, also on Facebook, the Art Box. Hi, Linda. How's it going? Hi, Steve. Did you hike somewhere yesterday? I did. Gold Butte. Always fantastic Gold Butte. I'm so jealous. I know. I stayed in and worked on podcasts and web stuff all day. And I love you for that (laughs) while I was out hiking. So today, maybe a year ago, I was introduced to the Women's History and Culture Center. I think it was... When we started the art box, Chris Pichur secured us your location to start recording. Yes. And that's where we first... That's been a year? That's Well, it was in June. Probably the end of May, because we put our first episode out in June. Today, we have our superstars from the Women's History and Culture Center. <laughs> it was really a pleasure and honor for us to be able to host your first broadcast. We were really excited about that. I didn't realize it was your first, so congratulations and and congratulations to us for snagging you. Yeah, that was the first couple. And then we moved over here because it's a little quieter over here. Yeah. Yes. Because it's a little smaller. Right. So welcome Gene Watkins and Carol Saldivar. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And so you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves? I mean, everybody in Mesquite already knows that you're legends. Okay, so you want to tell Just us a little Jean. bit about yourself? Just Gene? You're not a legend? No. Okay, so I need to talk. The last time I really saw you two, Gene was, you were pollinators. Okay. Yes, Gene was a bee, and you were a butterfly. Yes. I think you were a monarch. <laughs> yes, I was. Okay, and we were at, and we were at the Love Family. Um, it was a disco ball. ball. It was a ball. Yeah. A costume Masquer- ball. Masquerade, masquerade disco yes. ball. ball. Yes. And you guys were dressed up. It was good. such a wonderful event. Yeah. I don't want to say funny because you never, you never, you never say anything funny about a pollinator because they're so great. Oh, wow. Isn't, <laughs> it, isn't that something? I have to say, when Carol was waving her arms with those butterfly wings, she took up half of the dance floor. <laughs> oh, wow. I even covered up a few people. <laughs> I, I was out of town. I hated that I missed it. <clears throat> Next year, it's going to be even bigger. Bigger and better. I'm Great. really looking forward to that. She's yeah. going to have her chance. April 22nd is the prom. Oh. She's doing a prom? Yeah. And, it, and I guess we'll get Dana to do this later. I know. It's like, we can talk about Dana <laughs> and Aaliyah, Aaliyah and all the folks over at Love Family. We can talk about them the whole time. It'll yeah, be fine the, with me. The, <laughs> so the prom awesome. was just announced. The theme is going to be, we voted on themes. It's going to be the 80s. So I'm trying to figure out if I can get some stick on sideburns or something or grow the sideburns, or maybe that's not 80s. And they're going to do a um, expanded prom. 
So it's going to start at 5 p.m. So 5 to 8, they're going to have the Mesquite Cafe Blues Band. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. We know that from somewhere, Now there's some legends right there. <laughs> we just interviewed them last oh, week. Paul they're, and Linda. They're going to have them Wonderful. from 5 to 8. And they're going to have food trucks and, you know, and the whole prom thing. And then from 9 until whatever, because mm. you know how this is going to be at Envy, nice. um, they'll have a DJ. And you will get us a flyer as soon as possible so we can put it in our newsletter. Yeah. And also, part of our newsletter has upcoming events which are not covered by flyers, and we can schedule that into just give us some more information. Thank you. I just stuck my hand on the desk. <laughs> but, but that's okay. You can be like Khrushchev. Didn't he take his shoe off? Oh, am I really aging myself? Didn't Khrushchev take his shoe off and pound the table at the. I thought you were going to say something else. I read he about take a sh- shoe off. Okay. I read about that in my history book. <laughs> well, you, I was pretty young when that happened, so you were a little bit younger. You're a few years younger than me. <laughs> okay, so I want to I want to have Gene explain something because tr- probably about a fifth of the people that say the name of our center call it the Women's History and Cultural Center because we're all used to hearing about the local cultural center. Well, when I mispronounced it when I first met Jean in 2018, she explained to me why it is not a cultural center. And now, of course, I embrace the culture side of it, and she's the history. So you explain the difference and why that's so important to you, because I I think people should know that. Okay, and that's a really good question. I think one of the ways to answer that is, I'm going to just use an example. If you looked at 1920, women getting the right to vote, That happened because of a hundred years, a history of a hundred years of women struggling to make that happen. Then you look at the next hundred years from 1920 to 2020, and the value of getting the right to vote, excuse me, is not that you... That's right. You're making your point with your hands. Yeah. It's not that you get the right to vote. It's that your vote counts. So if women can vote but they don't vote people into office, then the decisions that are made are made without women's voices, even though they're voting. So then you have another 100 years to get to like 2019, when Nevada became the first state in the union to have a majority of women in the legislative body. As a result, you look at some of the laws that are coming out, and they're pushing Nevada ahead of other states in areas where they were behind, because you have more women and they're looking at those issues. So what you've got is a culture issue is the fact that we now have women in those positions that are affecting the culture of how we live. But they couldn't do it if we didn't have the history, the struggle. So we try to do here with our center two things. The history, which is acknowledging the things that women have done that so far nobody has talked about. You read the books, you don't see the things in the books. It's like the saying, history, but we teach kids his story. It's about what men do, not about what women do. So they're written out of history. It's even like the word anonymous. If you look at something that's been written and has the word anonymous on it, and it's from 100, 200, 300, 400 years ago, that tells you that whatever it was was written by a woman because they did not acknowledge what said it was good. We need to keep this. 
but are we going to put a name down? No, it's a woman. We're not going to put it down. Really? Yeah. So it's like with patents. If you look at where our patents in our country, where do they come from? And they'll say, well, women obviously weren't smart because they didn't start getting patents till such and such a time. Okay. But it wasn't until after the revolution when there was embargoes going on and we needed more innovations that they opened it up. Women could do it. Prior to that, if a woman wanted to get a patent, she couldn't. She'd have to have her husband get it. So we've got a lot of things with patents on them that have to do with women, and they're not by women, they're by men. Well, you know, you start to think about, that's not, that's really not correct. You know that a man didn't invent some of these things. It was women, but they couldn't get patents until much later. So that that's all history, and here you have culture. But what we're doing is we're looking at the history, honoring the history, trying to write back in about women. And it's fascinating stuff you read, and it's just like jumping into like a pool that's been heated, and you're just completely enjoying it. But where it shows up is in the culture. What are we doing here with all that we know so that kids growing up, the girls growing up, and actually the boys too, they see these things and they know that there is no limit on what they can do. They can look and they can say, okay, this 14, 15, 16-year-old girl did this, that, or next thing, I can do it too. They want to excel in sports and people make fun of them. Okay, the culture is what we do now, but the history is what opens the door to the culture and what we can do. The more that women do, the better our culture is going to be. And it's it's no, it's nothing against men. It's the both. And and Melinda Gates talks about that at one point. And she said, if you want to raise your society, stop putting women down. And I thought that was really good. She because she's working on a, the world stage, and a lot of countries don't have the opportunities mm -hmm. that we have. The door is wide open, you know, and, and really that's what we want to say because people don't always know the door's open. If It's like I was at Walmart the other day, and a little girl was there, and she had done something in the store. I have no idea what. But her dad was reprimanding her, and he was saying, you're bad. You know, and that's going to change that girl's life. Her dad said she was bad for whatever she did. Okay, that shuts shuts everything down. He's affecting he's affecting culture by what he did. Now, if he had more information about history, he might not do that. You know, but but the two fit together. They're like a a bill, a dollar bill. It's a front and a back. They look different, but they're not. They're not different. You need both. Kind of, I'm off the soapbox now. <laughs> no, it's a mess. I want yes, interesting discussion. Yes. And if the father had said that's a bad choice, yes, instead of you're bad, that's where yeah. we want to head. Yeah, because when you look at that, and then you look at what happens when they when they grow up, mm -hmm. that person will be very prone to going into an abusive relationship, and then will justify staying in it because they feel they deserve it because their father said they were bad. It opens a door for a man to come in and abuse them. And that's culture. Mm -hmm. Hopefully something will help that child see differently and turn a corner a different direction. Well, and well, that's, where <laughs> that's where history comes in. I'm an optimist. 
And it's really interesting what you said about um, women not getting patents. I just read yesterday that a woman invented the first automatic dishwasher, but it was so <laughs> difficult for her to get a patent for that. Yes, and, yes. yes. There, there's a lot of things like that. Uh, Nobel is Peace Prizes are another example because mm -hmm. they really, uh, when uh, Maria Curie, you know, had her discovery. Um, originally, they refused to, they wanted to give it, well, first off, the discovery was worthy of a Nobel Prize. Then the question is, who would they give it to? So they said, well, we can't give it to a woman because we don't give women Nobel Prizes. Let's give it to the husband. Yeah. And <laughs> then they came back to, if we Boy, give it to he, the... He sure married good. Yeah, he did. You know, but if he, they, married, he married up. <laughs> he did. But, but if they gave it to the husband, then he would have to talk about it. They said, well, we can't do that. And then they finally ended up deciding they would give it to both of them. You know, but the reason they justify it because she couldn't get a space to do her experiments. No one would give her the space. And he had a laboratory and he set aside the back of it. He said, whatever you want to do, you can use the space, which she did. She did it independently. But you can look at the pictures. Yeah, Nobel-worthy yeah. act. I mean, it was just real interesting. Her kids are also brilliant. You know, so it, it's interesting. It's quite an interesting family. Well, Jean, give Mesquite a grade <clears throat> on how we're doing. I can't do that. Yeah. It's like, you know what it's like. If I was to do a grade, and just talk about when I started, I started out all my life, all the way through school, I thought I was going to be a mathematical researcher. That's what I wanted to do. And life has a way of making you do things differently. If you wanted to grade me, on how I did, I would probably flunk because I didn't do research. I ended up going into, I did go into engineering, but then I transferred into sales, marketing, human resources, a lot of things that had nothing to do with it and found out that I actually liked being in people positions. And i not an ivory tower. So you give me an, a failing grade but yet I did go to something else. And now, at what, 60, 70 years of age, what am I doing? I'm doing research. It's the things I wanted to do when I was a child. Or unexpected in what we do. We never know. You know, you're just continually evolving. So I'm going to say that about the city of Mesquite. I think it's the same thing. Because you can look at how Mesquite was when it started out. I, I love it when I get a chance to listen to Elspeth Kuta talk. You know, because she'll talk about everything. And you listen to her talking about, like with women, there was one, one woman she's talked about in one of her sessions where she had to go see somebody. It was really, really very special. And they had nothing. These women had nothing. You know, they worked all day long. They took care of their babies. They did everything. They picked cotton. But they had nothing. And she had to do something nice. It wasn't a thing she could do. She had thread-borne clothes. So she took her skirt and she turned around inside out and re sewed it so that the inside part no one could see and and did that I mean that's that's part of, of this town yeah. you know and then you look at how it is now and how is it going to be 20 years from now because look at what Anne Rice has done you know she she transformed this city and we did so well in the pandemic because the kids all had the learning devices at home so that they didn't lose that year you know so 
We just do bobbing outside. I think outside. in 20 years there will be a Trader Joe's for sure. Oh, there you go. <laughs> we needed some humor there. So, why, why, does, why does that come up on every podcast? The mayors, George Galtz. Be, well, you know why? Because the Nextdoor app... Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. All the comments. And now, just for fun, people, including myself, I admit it, have stuck a little Trader Joe comment in there because it it makes the people in the other silo you were talking about. (laughs) The other, yeah, that silo. Come out. They come out. Oh, I bet they do. And give the, the opinion that they so think everyone wants to hear. Yes. Whether we do or not. Right, it's right. Kind of fun. It's really funny. Yes. So it's kind of fun to throw Trader Joe's. <laughs> so you're one of those, huh? <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I okay. Mean, just admit it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. But I, I rein myself in, though, because I would be in real trouble. I probably would have been ridden out of town on a rail, as they say, by now if I would just say everything that I was thinking. But that's what some people believe those platforms are for. And that's not what they're Yeah, every time I see Trader Joe's or something like that, I'm like, oh, I so want to be bad, but... I took a picture of myself in front of one when I was in Salt Lake and and, uh, put it on Facebook and said, does anybody need anything while I'm here? (laughs) Oh, that's great. I I, didn't get any responses. (laughs) Carol, Carol is our culture person. She handles that. Jill handles the history part. Jill Dustin Cox. Yes, Jill Dustin Cox. Oh, wonderful. I, I met her yesterday. We, yes. had, we had a meeting there, and she was doing her library work. Yeah, she is she, a beautiful library curator that has transformed the books, we've and been, people can see the difference. Yeah, we've been looking for a curator for the library since 2018, but some things you you have to uh, let that bloom when it is. But I don't, I really, because Carol's here, Carol can talk about the culture at the center. That's really her love and her passion. And I really would like to hear her talk about that. All right, Carol, you're on. What to say about the culture? I, for me, it's kind of almost a catch-all word because she, because Jean is so passionate about history, and I always joke and say, well, I slept through history, so I'm out on that deal. <laughs> but I am growing to love what I'm learning from history through Jean. And um, and I also am in, in a book club for the first time in years, so I'm reading, well, I read a lot, but I like nonfiction. I mean, I like fiction. I like to escape, so crime fiction. But anyway, so I met Jean, In 2018, she came into the Veterans Center where I volunteer, sat down and was talking to me, and she was trying to gather a list of names of women in Mesquite who were in the military so she could have a military corner featuring uh, military women. I said, well, I was in the Air Force. All right, well, there's one. And she really had a a tough time, and and to this day, you cannot get a lot of women to talk about because you don't feel like that way. And for, for years, I didn't even think I was allowed to call myself a veteran because I only served for four years and was told, no, no, that's not how that works. So anyway, so I met her there and she started talking about the center and I said, do tell, I want to hear more. So I went and saw it and I was blown away, as everybody seems to be when they go in there at the books and the beauty all around the room. And, and it wasn't even to where it is today, but it was still very, you just felt like home when you went in there. It was very comfortable, very pretty. Everything was very well appointed. I started volunteering probably 
a month, within a month or two weeks later, and I'm still there. And <laughs> but the history part, I do love. But I just being volunteer coordinator and I calendar wrangler. Um, if you want to do something at the center, you have to go through me and. That keeps everything in one place so that nobody's overbooking anyone. But I also get to meet wonderful people. Uh, Jean makes the first contact because that's who people call when they want to use her center. And then she sends them to me. And so we meet the coolest people in this city and this valley. And so for, for me, that's, that's what it's all about is the people. And I attend all of the classes at least once. I go to all the events that I can. Um, and I pop in on events that I'm not invited to just to make sure they have everything they need. That gives us an idea of, so that's the culture of it, is the people that come in, use the center, you know. And, and the cool thing about that is that because of all the people that come in and use our center, we are able to partner with myriad people that we um, end up helping their cause or giving them a place to better their organization, to get the word out or whatever. I think Ray's Mesquite um, uses it uh, quite often when they, if they, and they get the word out to other people. So we have people play cards there. Um, we have people um, have teas. Um, we have people that have board meetings because they don't have somewhere to meet. Um, displaced uh, card, card games or whatever. Uh, Bunko, Desert Dames use it quite a bit. Um, but it, it's also used for for um, learning things and uh, learning things <laughs> for class. <laughs> What's learning things? You know, learning stuff. Learn. Anyway. <laughs> you going to learn me about I, that? I think my mind was wandering or something. But I was trying to think of all the different classes. So, yeah. But we've had like a yoga instructor come in to get her business off the ground. So Jean, is, it, having the center here has allowed people to... So what they do is put on a free class for... A month or two and then they gain clients and then they can leave and grow their business and so so Jean has been really instrumental in in that um, w the very first one was um, a gal named Deb Deborah Campbell mm -hmm. and she did a fitness for fun class and it was a 10-week thing and I'm sure she gained some clients out of it um, but she's a fitness guru mm -hmm. and I have to say how I, can, I have to mention her because I'm so, so impressed and blown away by her accomplishments. She is my age, and I won't say, but you can see I'm an old person. Anyway. No older than 39. We, right? we call them seniors yeah. here. <laughs> well, anyway, she recently climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. She summited really? Mount Kilimanjaro. Wow. And it was a fundraiser for uh, awareness for um, human trafficking. So she's championing that cause. Sorry, it was falling off. Um, anyway, really impressive. So things like that. And, and we've done uh, donation drives for the Salvation Army. And so we partner with a lot of people to try and do good in the community and not just... Uh, someone told me recently that she had a friend who wanted to volunteer to do something, but she didn't want to do women's stuff because they don't really do anything. And I thought to myself, I hope that's not us. But I don't think it is. I don't think that's the Women's History and Culture Center. I think we give people a place to um, get started on what they want to get started on or do more of what they're doing or do it in a better place. And 
get to know each other and get to know the community. Sorry, I'm rambling. I'm good. Oh. That's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, you're not when, rambling. Oh, That's great. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> the other day, I know that we wanted to have a communications teams meeting at the gallery, and our one classroom was taken, which is quite often taken. So what's the first thing I think of? Hopefully us. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. you were on the calendar. Yeah. I'm like, I need to call Gene. My wife says, call Carol. <laughs> <laughs> Carol has a counter, which you just explained now. You can call Jean, too. She'll just yeah. tell you to call me, and then <laughs> you can talk to both of us, <laughs> See, which, which is good, because that way we keep, we keep up on things. It's very difficult to do this, but what really connects us is the monthly newsletter the monthly newsletter. That's fine. It's, that's fine. it's a podcast. <laughs> yes. It's um, okay to make noise. This is where we, if we're missing things, we pick it up on the, the monthly newsletter, in particular upcoming things. And yeah, if somebody's talking to me, I'd be sure they know this is not final. You have to talk to Carol to be sure that we're doing this. But then she gets, oh, you called me. <laughs> That was so cute. No, we were supposed to just... Never mind. Okay, that was very... You were supposed to say, oh, there's a dog. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I lost the lines. Okay, there you go. And, and darn it, we don't have a script, so that's how that went. That, that went over... The, okay, now I'll turn it off. Okay. You need to unlock your iPhone first. Oh. <laughs> All right. Okay. Did your phone so, say that? It did. It picked up the last of what... I had said, so it was so. telling, apparently it thought I wanted to call, you know, whatever oh, it was funny. being said. Um, actually, that's priceless. That, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> you, so, know, you know that's You can't make this in. stuff up. You can't make this <laughs> no. stuff up. So is your nonprofit all volunteer, or do you have paid yes. staff? It's all volunteer. Uh, we have one independent contractor who works for us. Oh, okay. And should we say the name? You sure. <laughs> Carol is an independent contractor. And what are her duties? Um, she's our general manager. Okay. And she is kind of like the all-around person seeing that the center is operating at a standard it needs to to serve clients. And I'm probably not saying that the boots well. on the ground. That's fantastic. It's the boots on the ground. Is, and is that's a recent thing that just started this year. Our board wanted to find a way to recognize Carol's contributions. They are so significant to what we do. And we, we chewed around with that to try to figure out how to do it. We're not compensating Carol for the full value of what she does. It's more or less just a recognition that she's making a big difference in what we do. And let me just say, the center starting, it probably would not have started. We probably wouldn't have a center if it were not for the fact that in 2014, which was the 100-year anniversary of Nevada women getting the right to vote, significant. We should have been celebrating that. In Mesquite, <clears throat> there wasn't even a notice in the paper. That's 100 years, and Nevada got the right to vote six years before the women in the United States. Nevada was not the first state but they were six years ahead of the rest of the nation. Nothing. I just felt at that point we were going to roll into 2020, the 100th years of women getting the right to vote and do nothing in Mesquite. Pretty well knew that. So 2014, then I started investigating. I felt like 
the only way to get anything done is to have a storefront. If you don't have a physical presence, you can't get anything done. So I knew we had to have a physical presence that had to do with women and contributions of women, milestones. And this didn't know what. And then spent a couple years doing research, off and on in my spare time, because I was running the showgirls. And then by the time 2016 rolled around, two years later, I'd figured out what I wanted to do. And from 2016 to 2018, then found the place, and we got it retrofitted change it from what it had been before. It had been the area which was the Mesquite Arts Council. And I knew what's happening with them because I had been on their board for quite some time and uh, helped them to get everything in order so they could leave. And then we took over the space and then we built it up to become the Women's Center, which it did in 2018. Oh, so, I, I had no idea it's, it's that young. But, so it was in 2018 then, we were in a position which we never would have been to have in 2019 the Nevada legislature become a female majority legislature. And we had a presence, we had a staff, we had everything we needed to recognize that, which we did with the People's Walk in 2019. We should have brought T-shirts with us. Mm -hmm. We should have brought you T-shirts. We have wonderful yeah. T-shirts, mm -hmm. which show the state of Nevada and every name, every of the 33 women who were in that record-breaking legislature oh, are in really? oh. on the V part, the bottom part. They all fit in, in the there. shape of the state. Yeah. Wow, you know, pretty cool. But we couldn't have done that if we didn't have a physical <clears> presence. <throat> A center and the ribbon cutting was in 2018. Yeah. So, so what, when did the murals come about? They came. Oh, was it 2017? No, 2018. It's 2018. The murals came about because in the first mural, uh, we partnered with Annie Black, and Carol, you were involved in this a lot, and wanted to do something that was. Uh, across the wall, so people knew where we were. We had a lot of trouble with people that was when finding us. She was doing us. her beautification. Yeah, she was doing beautification. Um, we took advantage of service that. Service project type thing. But what was happening is we had an address, and when people would come on GPS to find us, they couldn't find mm -hmm. us because GPS took them to the wrong side of the block. And then if they did, you know, it was part of a school campus and you couldn't find us anyway. We were a room on a campus. So what we wanted to do, because we knew Annie Black was doing beautifications, so we partnered with her and said, would you do a mural on our building? Because once that mural was in, then you could find us. But then when it came to it, and we got flack from people saying, well, it's a woman's center, it's a woman's center mural, why don't you have women on it? Mm -hmm. So I had explained to them that reason that mural looks the way it does is because it's on a building that represents all the arts. We didn't want to say that that building was all about us. We wanted it to be about everything that was in there. So it was recognizing all the different things that were going on. So you look at it, you've got insects there, flowers, you know, everything is there. So it, it, it that and, and that's where we took our first art box picture that we used on the web. Yes. We took it right there. And it's so appropriate. You know, it's just perfect for it. But then we did a second mural and the second mural we satisfied what people wanted. They wanted something that's about women. And you have that on the second one because what Nevada did is they did a license plate 
to commemorate women. But the license plate, like a lot of these new license plates that come out, they take a look at how many did they sell, and then they decide, is this going to be a permanent license plate or a one-time only? So, and then COVID it, hit. Yeah, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. And if you wanted to get a personal license plate, you had to go to the motor vehicle. You had to wait in line for four or five hours in order to get in to do this. You couldn't do it in an easier manner. So hardly anyone got them. Well, anyway, so they didn't continue it. But the thing on it was, if you bought that license plate, if you were willing to stand in line through this in the pandemic, the money that came from that went to the Nevada Council of Women. So it's really a good thing. It's a good fundraiser for the state, the state organization. Uh, but anyway, what we did is we took the license plate, which was on my car, and put it on the second mural. It's really, really beautiful. So we now have a mural that is specific to women, but we also have a mural that recognizes all the contributions by the whole art community. And we're part of the art community. Yes. You know, so it all fits. That's really interesting. Did the funding for the center then come from the Nevada Organization for no, Women? No, we don't. We, we get it through a private trust. We have, oh. we have a donor who funds us that way, and we get it through donations, uh, which you, you're all in the same boat, you know, is we have two, we actually have, I think, I could say that. We have two or three people who, who give nice little donations that help us. And we have a little bottle that's in our room, and you'd be surprised how that builds up. People put in a dollar or two dollars when, you know, they're there, if it's a tea or whatever, and it adds up. And, and we use the money to you know, have little treats for people, sure. you know, all that kind of stuff. We, we try to really have special things for people when they come, and, and they say thank you, you know, so we get by. Yeah. And we don't solicit donations. Uh, we, we did one fundraiser, um, and we may again, uh, but we don't solicit people that use the center to donate. They'll say, how much does it cost to, to rent your room? Well, just come and enjoy it because then other people come in and see you enjoying it and they want their people to come in and we meet more people so don't don't worry about it and if you feel so compelled there's a jar there but don't feel like you have to but it's really good because we learned this is gonna sound funny we learned that if you put out these little round candies for people to eat we stack those there they're gonna be there for two three four years but if you put out you know, the nicer stuff like the, you know, the Milky Ways and the mountains and all those other things. Okay, I had a dark Milky Way. Yeah, they go, they <laughs> disappear. Yeah, so that's what we're doing. But just one. <laughs> yeah, but you know why they disappear. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm with she you. She likes them. <laughs> yeah, but, but we do that. No, and, and we do that. But see, people give us back money. We can do it because that little jar gets filled with like just a single dollar or maybe a quarter, who knows what. But anyway, it goes over to Smith's or Walmart and it comes yeah. back in those nice candies. It's so hard to get people to help themselves. And I, when I first meet someone that's gonna use the center, I say, will you please go in the fridge. If there's something that appeals to you, take it, eat it, drink it, whatever. Um, because I have to throw away 13-gallon full garbage bag of expired stuff because 
people are like, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to use your stuff. And I'm like, no, it's fine. That's why it's there. And donations pay for that. The donation jar usually replenishes water and snacks. And if it's not marked for an event, I tell people, please, please, I don't want to haul this great big trash bag out you know, every three months or so. Yeah. And do you know something else that we have that we don't get used as much as it should is we put in a fully equipped kitchen. Yeah. And that was so that if people want to conduct baking classes, uh, they can do that because everything's there that they need, including the baking trays, you know, molds, all that kind of stuff. And we did, we had one, two volunteers who would do that. You know, they would do, have kids come for Christmas or whatever, and they would do those kind of things. So there's a kid orientation to there that, that it is available. And actually you can do fancy things. We've ended up in instead of just having typical cookie molds, we've ended up getting those um, silicone ones so that you can make really fancy things that you shove them out. You don't have to worry about the ends sticking, you know, to your to to your your tray. Wow, that's fantastic, it's a full Steve, kitchen. isn't it? It's a, it's a really nice facility. Yeah. I hate that word, facility. It sounds so sterile. It's a cozy it's, spot. It's a really nice, cozy woman's history and culture. <laughs> I feel it in my fingers I feel it in my toe Love is all around me And so Oh, and I do want to throw one thing, too. We need to get a grant writer. This is really where we can excel. I would like to see us at some point go very specifically for a grant on a national level. And I think we can pull it off because we have the right application. Every August, to coincide with International Cat Day, we do Decorate Sacks and the Suffrage Cat. Okay, and Saxon, it's Which a cat who was named birthday. after a car. Yeah, it is. My birthday is International Cat Day. That's right. Um, but anyway, this is before women got the right to vote, they were trying to find ways to increase awareness across the country. This was, you know, so two women decided that they would drive and do this. They would drive all through the United States and speak from one place to another about the need for a vote. That this is something that should be done and raise awareness. But then you have the question, well, how are they going to do this? Because at that time, women didn't drive. At that time, we didn't have roads that were good. We didn't have motels along the way. So the Saxon Motor Company looked at this as a wonderful opportunity to advertise their car, especially with two women driving it, because it's... The cars were not that reliable at that time. Yeah. And if they could say that two women drove their car, you know, put 10,000 miles on it, what a great way to advertise their car. So they gave them free a Saxon car. And they gave them all the stuff you needed to build a second Saxon car when they're on the road if it broke. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so they had in this one car 
all that stuff. They had all the clothes they needed for their trip. They had a camp stove because they had to cook in a lot of places. They had a tent because they were going to be places where you couldn't do anything. Anyway, and then what the motor company did, the Saxon Motor Company, is they knew where these ladies were going to stop. So then they advertised, they took ads in the newspaper saying, our car, these women are going to be driving our car through your area. So people were coming out who might not have come out for women getting the right to vote because they wanted to see this car that was magically getting around the country, was reliable, blah, blah, blah. And while they were there, they started learning about why women should be allowed to vote. So this, it was a great, and, and then, you know, they talk about. So did they have a cat? Oh, that's right. That's what I started this. Thank you. I, I got distracted. So anyway, before they left, somebody told them, you need to have a, little, a kitten or somebody along with you. You're going to be gone a long time. So they gave them this little cat. It's a kitten. And so they have this little black cat. And they, they're driving the Saxon car. They named the cat Saxon. And so the cat went from kitten to cat on the trip, grew up. So it was a suffrage cat. Anyway, what we decided to do uh, as National Park Service recognized that as part of the centennial and put together just a form, which was for a coloring book. <laughs> and so you could go on, if you're a teacher and you're talking about women's suffrage leading up to 2020, the kids could paint or color Saxons. So we took that same form the National Park used and did a cutout. And then we've been doing that. We've done that for three years now. Well, my thought was, when we find a grant writer, we're going to have the grant writer apply to different places for money so we can build, we can erect a statue. It would be a life-size statue of the Saxon car with the two ladies in front of it holding the cat, but the car, because it was um, convertible, on the other side, which you can't see, the back side, where there would be a door, because you have the back of it as well, it would be open so that if you're talking to your kids about suffrage, you could have them come and they can sit in the car because it's a life-size and have a picture taken with the two ladies in front. And we think that this for the country would be good because it's such mm -hmm. a great story. But what we need to do now is find somebody who's a grant writer to do that. And once we do and we start getting the money, we'll put it in. And we have selected a place. If you looked at the two murals, you have the one mural, which is the, the license plate, you have the other mural, which is all the flowers. Well, between them is a nice, long, flat area with two very, very large palm trees, huge palm trees, and a big empty spot between, and it's flat. And it's right on the plaza. It's perfect for this. We just need to get a grant writer. Wow, it sounds fantastic, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, it really does. You know what I like? Is that you're thinking big. Yes. Yeah, you go big or stay at home, right? Yes. <laughs> so we're looking forward to that. Every year we, we've, done, we've done one thing every year from 2018. So we've, you know, one year we built the center, the next year... People's well, Walk. People's Walk. The next year we put 
Oh, and then we did the mural. Show. We did a variety. Yeah, we, show. we did the mural. Don't don't forget that. That's in one of the years. I don't remember what year we did it, what? but the mural, the first mural. Oh yeah. Then another year we did the second mural. Then we did the plaza. We've done. We did the plaza extension for 4-H. This year our project is um, a labyrinth. Oh wow! <clears throat> We're partnering with Mesa View Hospital. And uh, they are, we're working on clearing the rocks out from the area. It's going to be the parking mm. lot that is right next to Falcon Ridge. That they've allocated that for a 60-foot square labyrinth. And it is not like you see circular ones. Right. This is not that way. This one is a true labyrinth. And it's the only labyrinth that I know of that's ever been done in the shape of letters. It's an M with a V for Mesa View Hospital. Oh. And you can see lots of things with letters, but they're mazes, because people can't figure out. A labyrinth is one path, no deviations. You start it, you know you're gonna get to where you're supposed to be. In some mazes you don't know, you have to make decisions along the way, and then you could get stuck somewhere. But not so with labyrinths. So people can't figure out how to do that with letters. They can do with circles, but they can't do it with letters. So this one is done with the letters M and V. So we, that'll be opening this year. That's our project for this yeah, year. Yeah, what's the target for that? If everything goes well, we will have it done by April. If it goes, if not, it'll be sometime this year. Can people contribute? We would love that. Absolutely. The, the thing on making donations would be, the donations would be made to the Women's History and Culture Center, and then they just highlight that they would like it for the labyrinth. Then it goes into the labyrinth. It, we, it doesn't go to us. Okay, so they have to visit, or can they you go can to mail the it. Our, our mailing address is P.O. Box 1502, Mesquite, Nevada. 89024. That's also on our website, but our website is whccmesquitenv.org. So I have to tell you a funny story. Well, it's funny to me. It might not be funny to you. I don't know. But when I first met Jean and and arranged to meet her at the center so I could see it and because and, she just made me want to know more about this, mm-hmm. her vision. So I called her and I said, okay, I'm on my way. And I put it in my GPS and I'm flopping around the campus over there. I have no clue where I'm at. And there were no murals. There was just this long, you know, horseshoe of white buildings. And I think I was on Yucca Street. And I'm driving around and I'm like, I, I, I can't find it. And she's on the phone with me. Yeah, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm out here, I'm waving at that you, was, where are you? That was the funny part. <laughs> I'm in the middle of the street, you know, going like, Carol, where are you? <laughs> well, and when she came into the center, she just was so classy, and I, I thought, oh, she's the, she's the president of this this organization, and so I gotta get there, I have to be on time, or she's not gonna think I'm reliable, and I get there, and here she is in the street, I'm over here, she's waving her arms, <laughs> and I went, oh my gosh, that's awesome. No, not a lot of people would do that for you, just run out in the street and wave, wave their arms. That so, is great, isn't So it? then she changed the address after that, so we could drive right to it. Yeah, it was, a, if that was, some things are difficult, some things are easy. And someone's going to think that's easy. It wasn't for me to go in and change our address. Everything we had written had to be changed. You know, and you're just sitting there thinking, hmm. The other stuff that I've done I thought was easy compared to stepping up and changing our address. Mm. Um, but I know we need to talk about 
the Nevada. Do we have enough time to talk about the Nevada project? We have all the time you sure. want. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to look at my clock. Yes. Gene, <laughs> tell us about the Nevada Women's <laughs> History Project. You know, it's funny you ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> We're still in the process of discovering things, and we, we do that. I think that one of the things that's so neat about our women's center is that we bring to Mesquite things that would be overlooked otherwise. You know, it's kind of like, it's even like with girls in aviation, we didn't know. Oh, that was one of our yeah. projects too, girls in aviation. We didn't know that the um, uh, Women in Aviation International every year invites girls who are in high school to come and learn more about job opportunities in aviation. And they do it because they know what the jobs openings in the future are going to be. And they also look at who's filling them. And it's mostly men. It's very few women. But then when you look at it, they're in the industry and they know that the reason why some of this happens is because the airline industry, when it fills its jobs, is looking for mostly people who have a science background. They, they That's their interest. They're in high school. They take math courses, you know, different science courses. And women don't. So they're not going to get the jobs because they don't even get to the point where their resumes will be looked at. Well, what they want to do is hit that age group of younger girls, have them see what's available, strike a fire in them. Then they go back and they start taking courses, which will allow them, push them towards careers. It's your good careers. And uh, we didn't know about this until 2019, I think it was, we heard about that and then contacted them and then arranged through the Women's Center, we got people to donate money so that... Yeah, they were targeted donations. Yeah, they, they were targeted donations so that we could send girls from Mesquite to attend and learn about the jobs in the airline industry, learn what the jobs were. It was so cool. Yeah. It was such a cool event. But hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of girls and I think yeah the whole thing was pink so there were pink balloons there were kids everywhere and we got to go and be chaperones for our bus we brought 10 girls we really wanted to get more getting the word out through the schools and uh, one of our board members now she's on CEAB is that link we needed to the Board of Education so that we could do those things. Well, I have a quick does. question. You said you had 10 girls mm -hmm. from Mesquite? From the high school. Oh, the high and, school, okay. Um, one or two middle school age. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, so, and, and the and reason... And a few of them came back saying, I want to be a pilot. Oh, isn't excellent. that great? <laughs> well, the other thing was drone technology they were pushing. Oh, yes. Because mm -hmm. drone technology is one of those things they're talking about as great jobs in the future, really good-paying jobs. And the girls who were coming had not thought about that. They're looking at, like, guys with drones, but it should be girls with drones, too. And what we did, and the reason why we got restricted donations was we didn't not want this opportunity to be limited to only families who could afford to send their girls. Right. Mm -hmm. So the, anyone who wanted to sign up, we said, we'll pay. We will pay to get you there. And there was a fee. We paid it your fee and get you back. We wanted to be sure that, I mean, it's like a the lower income families, if they can get one person in that family in a good paying job, that's not just one person now who's benefited. 
you know, and that goes into what we're trying to do with culture. As you're talking about the drum, now the Steam Center, I don't know whether you know Liz over there, Liz and George and Burton are talking about drones. They want to have a training class oh, for drones. And I guess there's an area down there Some where competition for Chris service, right? That you sell. <laughs> there's a, a, a woman he who. He could be an instructor, probably. Yeah. There's a woman we met who does all the training in the Las Vegas area on that. And the women's organization, Women's in Aviation International, arranges for scholarships for girls who don't have the money to pay for that. So that is something too from our area we could do. We could, we just are biting off what we can bite off. Yeah. You know, but that's definitely something too. Thinking and big, we, for yeah, sure. I, I just, I just look, look at the partnerships. You know, if the STEAM Center can do something in that with the drones in conjunction with you. Yeah. And with women in aviation international yeah. too, you know, because it's it's all about, and that's really what we're working on. We've been working on our partnerships. We're just since we started here networking, aren't we today? Yeah. Well, there's all it. these there's all these really great nonprofits yeah. that I had no yeah. idea about. There are a amazing. lot. There are a lot. And the reason we got into the girls in aviation was because we found something that we didn't know about. The Nevada Women's History Project is another one of those kind of things that people don't know about. And that project... And they are a partner of the Yeah, we partner. Probably one partnering. of our very first partners. Yeah. The way that happened was that a woman in Carson City, I think, or Reno, a professor taught not women's studies, the history of women in Nevada. People, women who had made a difference. And that's huge, especially with Nevada on the part about uh, women's suffrage. And that, that whole thing that happened is remarkable and it had to do with a lot of women who partnered with each other and went all around the state to see that uh, Nevada actually came in with their suffrage for Nevada women six years before the rest of the country. So it's very interesting history there. And this woman who was a professor and taught, she was getting ready to retire. And they asked her before retiring, would she write a book about what she talked about? And she said, of course, you know, thinking she would go to the library, pick up some books that had been written about the Nevada history of, you know, of women, and then assemble it all together and have this nice book. Well, there's no books. And so it turned out that Nevada is just like the rest of it, nothing written about what women have done. So it turned out to become, rather than writing a book, A Labor of Love, she got a bunch of women and worked on this for years, where they went out to different parts of the state, different places, and got oral histories interviews with descendants, old people who still remember these women, and over years they put these together. So they have a website now that has a little over 200 uh, biographies of influential women, and it covers everything because where in some places women didn't have opportunities simply because it was a state where, you know, people were dying a lot, there were, women were filling gaps that they would not have been able to mm -hmm. fill otherwise. So you had a lot of women who had positions in the assembly, different things like that. And they were, they did instrumental things because they were bringing in a viewpoint that 
didn't exist at the time. But anyway, so there's a lot in there's a lot of stuff in there to know. I've been working on. I'm not writing anything, you know, because some of these biographies took years to get written. They're only like two pages, two three pages long. So what but, we, what we had at the center we have is a binder, and it's about this thick, and it is A to Z by last name, which everything you'll find at the center is is alphabetized by first name, because women's last names don't always stay the same. Especially in Nevada. Mm. So many men were dying in Nevada. You look at these women. And they were who, remarrying and yeah, changing they, their oh. names. And, and when they were remarrying, see, they're building up. They're building up power. Mm -hmm. They this husband died. They marry somebody else. You know they're just going through on this, and in the meantime, they're they're it's like networking mm -hmm. through their dead husbands. And they use I, all I, their I, last names. Yeah. So there's oh wow. So and one of the ladies was married seven times, I think. So we don't we don't deal with all those last names. We simply deal with the first name. Mm -hmm. And then what we but we didn't have it that way when we started because we were working from the website. We simply took. Those biographies on the website, copied them and put them in a big binder. Now what we've done is we've changed them, and they're all in there now by the first name in a different format that's easier to deal with. And because we've got it all set up where I could go through and analyze, I could look and see um, not only areas of work, you know, was this like the first woman in Palmer in the state, you know, uh, was this you know, in education, who did the first library? Who was, the first library was done by a woman, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, you have that. But then what you also have is what was the major area that they lived in where they did their work? So you're going through these 200, and it's like, you know, gobs of them from Reno, gobs of them from Carson City, all this, because the women who are working on this project are from up there. But then uh, you go down and see, well, how many are from Mesquite? We have one person from Mesquite in the book out of 200. That's really what we want to do now. Uh, I, I partnered with them so far on little tiny things, you know, that they've got. Like they got one lady listed with the wrong maiden name, which is very obvious because there's another lady in there with the same maiden name. You know, and when you get them in a, you know, you computerize all, you can spot these things. So I'm able to go back to them and tell them these things. But what I really want to do is not that. I want to go back to them and add. So our partnership right now is with Elspeth Kuta from the Heritage Museum. And she is amazing with what she knows. Have you talked to her about it? Not yet, because okay. this is all really new. I'm going to work with her on that, though. And we're going to look at their knowledge base of what's going on from here which will help them. They'll have a more inclusive database, and they don't and have Elspeth to do the work. should be in there. Oh yeah, she should be in there too. But they'll have a and more. Jean. Yeah, but see, they most of what they have is they're talking about history. So it's, you know, a lot of them are women who are deceased. There are very few that are still alive. While we're doing this about pulling in like the pioneer women from Mesquite, which we can do with Elspeth. What I want to do is add to it current women who are still alive, which gets into Elspeth, uh, Bobby Green, who founded Desert Dames. You know, there's, there's just a bunch of women here who should be recognized for what they did. And that's what I'd like to do. And that means that'd be a separate book at the Women's Center. But our books we have set up, like the, the way it's set up now, it's not in a binder, it's in one of these plastic 
things where you can flip through very easily and find what you want. And we're, that's what we're working on is whatever we have, we want it to be easy for people to navigate and find exactly what they want. I do see us at some point having the book on mesquite women, and it won't be women of mesquite. It will be women from Virgin Valley, which includes Beaver Dam, you know, scenic, all of that, mm-hmm. as well as Moapa Valley. We cover Overton, Logandale, that kind of stuff. And I'm not sure when I'll get to that. Because mm-hmm. the thing that we're doing right now, finishing up that book um, and getting the labyrinth done, that's going to take me through the first half of the year. But I'd like to start the other in the second half of the year, hopefully have something done. And if we have a photographer who would like to do the cover of the book, we can get that done too. So separate from that, I'm thinking about it because you see pictures like when they had the Supreme Court, they got all these people together, you know, and showed all of the the uh, assistance to the, you know, the di- different justices. And they had this big picture and all the different faces and all the names below. And I was thinking, when the book is done, well, we could have a picture at the end of the year with everyone who's there. We have them all standing, you know, some sitting, whatever. So you got all these faces, and we put down all the names, and they'd be all the people in the it book. It would be wonderful, yes. Yeah. So I'm kind of thinking in that direction. And we will have to get the word out. It's going to be finding women who are willing to do this. Women are very hesitant about advertising what they do. And spreading the word is it's a little difficult and I know that because I feel that way about myself you I, I, I want to have the stuff out I want to do these things and I just don't want people to know that I'm the one that I had anything to do with it mm-hmm. you know and it just seemed like that's, that's my job I tell everybody oh she helps Carol she is did it. amazing well, she did we it. wouldn't have got her on here if it wasn't for you okay because I was after her and she's like well now nah, I'm busy and we'll wait till next year then Actually, my wife was already, just call Carol, call Carol, call Carol. <laughs> yeah, well, and that's exactly what happens, because Carol, Carol keeps me on track. I could not do what I do without Carol. That's wonderful, isn't it? Carol's, <laughs> Carol's blushing. <laughs> well, you know what it's called? It's called teamwork. Yeah, we, we right. do make a good team. Yeah, it's worked out. And, and Carol, what she does for the Women's Center, she was doing for the Veterans Center. I mean, she was, she was amazing what she was doing for the Veterans Center as well. I'm back there. They got me back on their board. I know they did. <laughs> you know what's been really nice about this? We haven't had hardly ask any questions. Oh, we no, just, I've we learned just, so much. We just wound these uh-huh. two up. I know, let me yes. see that. <laughs> are, are those the questions you're going to ask us? Well, these are artist questions. Oh, okay. Not that you're not artists, because everything is art. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Yeah, okay, I guess we should ask both of them our, the question that we always ask everybody. You going to ask them? You go ahead. I get to ask it this week. I'm so excited. (laughs) I don't know. I'm a little nervous. (laughs) Jean, Carol, and you can answer these separately or you can answer together. What has inspired you this week? Oh, wow. You first. No. No, I've got to think about this. I don't even remember what I did yesterday. Okay, go. You know, when I get inspired almost every day, and this week, chance would have it, it was art. And I have been waiting for a long time to make a purchase from an artist who's a photographer in Utah. And I saw um, this photograph. I'll show it to you, but I'll tell you about it. Because I had a horse when I was young. Uh, When I was in high school, my, my parents bought a house. And with it came an old horse, an old gelding named Bacchus, which means God of wine and song. 
<laughs> and I loved that horse, but he disappeared one day. My parents sold him while I was at school because it was mm-hmm. they were having to pay a lot of money. And anyway, I was really sad. But she found this this horse on the Onaki uh, range, and they do those roundups and all that. She does a lot of very beautiful nature photography, animals, and all that. And I she got she captured this photo of the old man who disappeared from the range last year. And he reminds me a little bit of Bacchus. And so I finally get to make that purchase. So when I saw that, I was so inspired. And I said, Mike, I have to have that. And he said, well, then get it. So as soon as I find her name, I will show you the old man. But we did have a long conversation after the picture. (laughs) Oh, wow. So he'll be on my wall. So that was was a lot of feeling in that picture. It's not just a beautiful horse. Look at the... The yeah. background and the yeah the wind blowing. Well, and she has quite. Her name is Jamie Bolschweiler. She has quite a a huge bucket list of awesome things that she wants to do, including have a mouse play a guitar or something. I don't know, but she makes it happen, and she sits for hours and hours. You know, you know how it is with photography, where you sometimes have to wait forever for the shot, and it really never comes sometimes, and you just have to go back and try again. But she, she's got quite a bucket list, and she's filling it. I, I share her stuff sometimes, so people go look at her site. But um, yeah, so you asked, that was my answer. Now you. Okay, this is going to be hard to follow up on you, because what I'm going to say is going to be very silly. Oh. This week, I found a new place to eat oysters in Las Vegas, and I'm oh, so wow. thrilled about it. <laughs> and We've it, never had an inspiration like that. Yeah. This is great. But being, but being a Maryland boy, I love oysters all years. It is. Oh. <laughs> no, it's South Point, and if you go down, oh. they have a special. It goes from 11 to 3 in the afternoon, and on it you can get... 12 oysters for $19, and they're not the little ones that you normally see. It's just that special, and they're the big ones. Like on oysters, I like the oysters where that little gristly thing in there is like butter, and you can eat it, and you don't feel like you're chewing a piece of gristle. Every one of them was perfect. Yeah. So I, I hate to say that, but... Oh, you could be inspired by yeah, food. I, it reminds me, because I like... Uh, going to Paris. I, I do that. I don't anymore since the pandemic. But I had a favorite place in Paris that I would go to. I was staying in one or two hotels. I would go there and I have a dinner. The guy knew me. It's a small place. There's only four tables. And I'd have a couple oysters, a nice big glass of wine, and some bread. And that was it. That's a great dinner. And I looked forward to that. I did that every time I was in Paris. And pick different ones. There's different ones that, for connoisseurs, you know, he explained a lot to me about this, but some of them, on those oysters, people will try to sell them to you saying that they're this particular area, and they're not, you know, and they charge the prices. So the people who have their oysters from there, they actually scratch their initials into the shell so that you know when you get your oyster that it's authentic, it's the real one. And then they don't they shuck them for you right there. Um, anyway, so it's like it was like a, it was like being in Paris again. It was just a good feeling, and it reminded me of all of those things. That was a big thing when my, my husband died. It's going on ten years, and so in the time that he was gone, 
I made a point for various reasons having to do with family of going. And I, it's a lot of times. I've been there at least five times in the 10 years that he has been gone. Just a nice thing to remember this week. Absolutely. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for having us. It's been been way too much fun. We've been been wanting to get you here. All right. And and thank you, Carol, for dragging Jean in. It was so nice to meet you both. I learned an awful lot today. I'm so excited to have met you and to have gotten to spend some more time with you because I haven't really had a chance to get get to know you. I love your smile and your eyes. You have the best eyes. Oh, really? Yeah. I've just been sitting watching them the whole time. Just they sparkle. Well, they're sparkling because every time we do this, we leave with new best friends. (laughs) Don't you think? I mean, I've got like 60 new best friends. Mm -hmm. Everybody we talk to, you learn so much. I think it points to the city, you know, and I've talked to people about that. I don't think I could have ever done the things that I've been able to do here. And it's because I'm here. And it's going to be the same with other people, too. You know, it, it, it's like the, the way we describe that first mural is it's bloom where you're planted. I was waiting that's for her to say that during. That's the name of that first one. Bloom where you're planted. Bloom where you're okay. planted. And that's really what it is. We just happen to be planted in a place that there's a lot of fertilizer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I've, t- I've mm-hmm. uh, told um, a lot of friends this, that the thing that inspires me so much about Mesquite is such we have such strong women and they're so supportive of each other I that's probably my in spite of hiking art all of that that's probably my favorite thing is the friendships I've made uh, and the support I've received from women here It's, it's just fabulous yeah and, and, you know, it's funny because that's the thing that enabled Nevada to get their suffrage accomplished. It was that support among women that made right. it happen. Right. And, and it's good to see it still lives. Broadcasting from Mesquite, Nevada, in the scenic Mojave Desert, the Art Box sponsors thank you for listening. To find our next and past podcasts, find us online at mesquitefineartcenter.com, where all accompanying images and links are available on the Art Box page. Questions, comments, opinions, and concerns can be sent to artboxvv at gmail.com. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of its hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Virgin Valley Artists Association.